The Neo Reality Entertainment brand expands with a relaunch of the Neo Reality Collective Pop Culture News Talk. Your host, Eric Brown, gives his insights and thoughts in the ever-expanding news world of comic books, professional wrestling, gaming, TV, and movies. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa. Today's edition of Neo Reality Collective is brought to you by Anchor.fm, a free distribution service podcasting hosting platform that allows you to record your podcast on your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so much more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor.fm app or go to Anchor.fm to get started today. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Welcome everyone to the Tales of the Wrestling Tapes. I'm back everyone, I'm your host Eric Brown with a new edition. And then this time we're going into our imprint version of the of the stuff. The Pro Wrestling Share Universe Restores Saga. Where it's the Pro Wrestling Share Universe being restored by AEW, Impact Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and all the other promotions in their working agreements in the Forbidden Door Saga. So... Heading into AEW Fighter Fest, we had we, it was announced that John Moxley and Machine Gun Carl Anderson would face off in contention for the IWGP United States Championship. Think about that: a contracted AEW wrestler who's also and two of them being former WWE wrestlers, a contracted Impact wrestler, and fighting for a IWGP sanctioned belt. Really think about that. That's the world we live in, and they're competing on an AEW Dynamite show on TNT. So, yeah, that's saying something, I feel. So this is going to happen for the IWGP US Championship, and they had a very short match. It wasn't as long as I hoped. It felt a little longer when I first watched it, but it wasn't. It was actually nine minutes. It was a little sloppy at first, I feel, because I think this is their first official time getting together in the mat in the matches. In fact, I only think they fought in WWE when they had their runs. But um, Carl Anderson declared that he wanted to come after John Max the baby, and because he's been the thorn at their side, and he wanted to prove that he's the machine gun again. The Bullet Club machine gun. The machine gun. Carl Anderson. Believe in the Bullet Club. Believe in us. Everything we do is just too sweet. So, yeah. This match happened and it's a it's 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 okay it wasn't as hopeful as i wanted to but they really got the footing a little two third one third into the match so they had about three minutes of a little bit of sloppiness trying to get a feel for each other but yeah this this match mm, fine it was fine 
Bow Kuala Wrestling Brothers. And and John and and John Moxley and Carl Anderson, like they, they tore it up. I think they have potentially good chemistry. They just need to fight more in their ring. I think I mean like they had a tag a, a, a two on two match with Eddie Kingston and Luke Gallows and, and Doc Gallows, but I'm talking about like a genuine one on one match and then Eddie Kingston took out took out Doc Gallows and Oh man, it, it, it was a pretty insane match. It, it was so awesome. I'm like, I enjoyed every moment of it. It was just fun. It was everything you would want in the show. And I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy this Forbidden Door stuff they're doing. It's It's been a wild ride. I am so excited. But man... And, and then there was an announcement that there was a match between Sammy Guerrera and Wheeler, and Wheeler Yuta. Uh, I don't know much about about this guy. He's been both on Dark and Dark Elevation. He's an independent con independent wrestler, so he's not part of the Forbidden Door saga. But he's an independent wrestler, so they're giving him a shot, albeit a, just a short match where he's going to fight uh, Sammy Guerrera, but. Oh boy, it got somewhere when um when we got their mat when we got Kenny Omega, the champ of AEW, Impact Wrestling, AAA, and potentially other promotions if he keeps going for it. So there's this massive event where they go ahead and Hangman decrees that he's gonna fight for the world title and Kenny Omega and his goons of the elite come out and the elite kind of berate him talking about his alcohol and yeah then Jackson comes out goes ahead and is that it's basically a gigantic you know what and you're just like oh man Remember when you were when you were sad face and whatnot? Now you're all just admit you're jealous that the hangman found other people and it took and and who accept him for who he is. Oh man. So Hangman has been saying he's been running and how he's failed and he's tried to run and hide from me, but the Dark Order brought him back to light and he says he won't do it. So he's going to challenge for the world title, but like I said, the elite come out with all their belts and everything. With Don Callis, who was recently fired from Impact Wrestling's executive powers. And on TV, he left earlier. He left earlier in the year. And yeah, Paige makes a demand. Kenny says, no, I will not. And tries to, you know... Be the be the devil in on his shoulder, try to demon, trying to make him fall apart, and yeah, Matt Page clocks Matt because Matt just goes ahead and berates him about how he's gonna be the next great wrestling tragedy. Oh no no no, that goes on in that other promotion we talk about from time to time, and you all take shots at. And Page clocks Matt in the head and. Well, the elite come after him, and then the Dark Order arrives to save the day. Paige grabs the mind and tells Kenny he came here for a night for a match, and he ain't leaving that one, and neither is Kenny. Kenny lasts it off and says, have Paige needs a match. They can do that, but Paige wants Omega in the ring all to himself, but he'll do one better. Paige can have Omega, but he has to have the Dark Order and All Elite 5v5 elimination match. 
but Paige has some demands. If they win, the Dark Order gets shot at the tag belts. Omega, after realizing that it goes really heavy for him, decrees that if he loses, he's going back into the back of the line, put it on the back burner, and the Dark Order will be put on the back of the line in the thing, and if they lose. So, oh man. So, he goes ahead and talks about how he's always afraid to fail, and then Paige, and then the fans chant, Cowboy shit! Cowboy shit! Cowboy shit! Cowboy shit! And much to Omega's anger, and Paige says the Dark Lord does not back down from a fight, so it's on! It's on! And Omega looks pissed because he thought for sure the, the devil's tactic would fail would succeed but he ultimately failed at that so congrats omega you just doomed yourself so we're gonna get that match but the elite back up to the ramp so we're gonna get massive warfare i wonder if the elite hunter will factor into that match when it happens because oh god that's gonna be a wild ride heading into all out and subsequently uh has been having issues on the other show so like i mentioned Sammy Callahan, so Sammy Callahan on the Against All Odds event got fired by Don Callis. I mentioned Don Callis was fired from executive positions. Well, that factors into this. So, in the saga going on in Impact on their side of the Forbidden Door, they've been teasing throughout the Slammiversary event that we're going to have a bunch of new talent to show up and they're going to raise hell. And Don... Don Callis fired Sammy Callahan, and Sammy is pissed, and everyone else is pissed. And then the executive of, uh, of Access TV, the yeah, Anthem, came in and were like, "You're fired, Don Callis," and Sammy's been Callahan's reinstated, leading to a saga match between Kenny Omega and Sammy Callahan, which was later decreed as a no DQ match, meaning that Tommy Dream is out for power probably down the road, but. Yeah, now Kenny Omega has to go back into the element John Moxley usually thrives in against John Moxley's old buddy Sammy Callahan. So you know it's gonna be a violent match. And meanwhile, Diana Perazzo was having a storyline where she had virtually no competition left. She was running low on competition, and they announced that they would go ahead and have a mystery opponent. Meanwhile, on that other end, Matt Cordona was having feuds with his ex-girlfriend Tennille Dashwood and his best and his old buddy, the Brian Myers. So they're announcing, oh, uh, I hear it's gonna be a hot mess, and we all know who that is. So throughout this massive event, and meanwhile, Diana Perazzo is currently up in up in Ring of Honor, so she's doing stuff there. So you have to factor into that. And Chelsea Green, not Deanna Peraza, I kept that. Chelsea Green is in Ring of Honor, so you have to factor that. And sure enough, it's Chelsea Green. Oh, man. Myers has Tennille, and Cardona has his soon-to-be wife, Chelsea Green, and they make out on stage. And fight to the death! Fight to the death! Oh, man. It, it was just, it was an intergender tag team match from what I heard, but it was mostly doing a mixed tag team style match, not an intergender wrestling style. 
like I had hoped, but considering Chelsea Green's still recovering and they were like, we can't have this match go long. Okay, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. But yeah, Chelsea Green ultimately goes ahead and subsequently wins the, Chelsea Green wins the match for her boyfriend. And we go ahead and, <clears throat> and go ahead and have our, spe our special later on in the match. So, anyways, as that's going on, uh, later on in the night, they keep teasing more of these people, and Diana Perrazzo is now getting her big potential appearance. And turns out, Diana Perrazzo's revealed to be Panda Rosa. Diana Perrazzo's opponent is Panda Rosa. I mean. <laughs> It's gotta be telling that got NWA in bed because it recently came out that Kylie Ray's contract with NWA still counts her impact contract, meaning that the Forbidden Door has now interconnected more. Not now Impact's not working with just Japan, New Japan and, and AEW. They're working with other partners. They're working with NWA. So now they can trade talent back and forth. And sure enough, Thunder Rosa is now in the storyline of this Forbidden Door Saga. It, it's pretty awesome when you think about it for like more than 82 seconds. Uh, so they're gonna fight for the Impact Knockouts Championship, which is awesome. Sadly, the Iconics did not show up during the tag team, so uh, pre-show, so before the Impact, so that, that was sad, that, that was sad. But yeah. One of my buddies was also at the show, Noah Foster. Be sure to check him out on YouTube. Yeah, the lucky man. Especially what happened at the end of the night. Oh, man. So, they have a very hard-hitting match. They they have it. They they click. They click, and, and they just click with this. It's just an awesome, fun show showcase between them. Ten minutes, and... <laughs> It's so fun to see this new era of wrestling being restored to its proper, to its old glory. The glory days of the territories when promotions work together in harmony and not at all try to stab each other in the back. Okay, that was a factor, but that was a little bit later when Vince McMahon was gobbling everything up. Like a mighty empire conquering. But yeah, after this event, Mickey Chains of NWA shows up, making her return to eight to Impact Wrestling and making a huge and making a challenge to Diana Perazzo. Now reports came out afterwards that this was these going ahead scheduled for later down the road, not at the upcoming women's pay-per-view that NWA is creating, but Diana Perazzo is apparently rumored to be fighting Melina. Woo yeah! Melina! Yeah, 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 let's do it. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. We're gonna fight it out. We're gonna duke it out. We're gonna steal the show. We're gonna do it, man. <laughs> but sure enough, we get our... And, and they'll do Mickey James and Deanna Prasso down the road afterwards, so be, be surprised. They might do more, but uh, now we get our big epic main event. The Piste de la Resistance. Of this tale of this episode. Sammy Callahan versus Kenny Omega in a no disqualifications hardcore style match. Ten minutes in and they're already bloodied. 
in fact, I think when I was watching this, I think it was like three minutes until Kenny was starting to bleed. So I was like, wow, that was quick. He's trying to be Ric Flair and Triple H on that front where they always bleed in a match. Except with weapons and not at all because Ric Flair likes to bleed a lot in the ring. And do cartoonishly falls, which is hilarious. And he is carrying all his belts and they try to draw it out, but Sammy Traub, Omega's opening intro from Don Callis, but you know, Sammy Callahan just stops it, nails the power driver. Looks like that's gonna be it, nope. And Callis goes and joins commentary while Callahan and and Omega duked it out in honestly a far more brutal match. Then I gotta be honest, it's far more brutal than the lights out match with Omega and, and John Moxley. I didn't think that was possible because they use a pizza cutter, they use forks and digging into the mouth of some of Sammy Callahan. Omega gets cut open, thumbtacks, barbed wire still chairs. We just need chains in this and it will be complete. We also got thumbtacks. Thumbtacks, man, thumbtacks. And it's just uber violence into the extreme and i'm pretty sure every hardcore wrestling fan who loves hardcore wrestling is like oh, yes brutal violence this mix of styles between kenny omega's best bout style and sammy callahan's down to earth ground and pound dirty wrestling move and <laughs> oh man and then Kenny Omega, then the Good Brothers, who had won the Impact Tag Team belts earlier in the night, they regained the belts. Uh, they try to come out, but the Impact team stops them, and looking like Sammy Callahan's gonna get the win, and Kenny Omega's reign's gonna come to an end, and everyone's like, wait, is this it? Is this finally it? Is this the end? Nope. But, uh, nope, it doesn't happen. Kenny Omega survives and then then goes ahead and with thumbtacks from Sammy Callahan giving it, trying to put Omega through it, Sammy Callahan is reversed from it and is put through torturous experience with with thumbtacks. Like he first he gets tossed in the face, that failed. Then K. Omega gets the idea to a V trigger to plant to put thumbtacks into his wrestling boots, into his wrestling uh, ankle weights, and nails him with thumbtack covered ankles with the V trigger, cracking the wind. That doesn't work, so Kenny needs to guarantee his dominant victory. He goes ahead, grabs a handful of tacks, shoves, plugs his nose to make him breathe so Sammy doesn't escape and then chugs them into his mouth and then de-triggers him in the jaw, forcing him to swallow tacks and no doubt bursting his immune, his stomach open in the most violent way possible. Then Kenny Omega gets up, he still raises his thorns with the one-winged angel and it goes down. Kenny Omega defeats Sammy Callahan in a hardcore wrestling match that you love to watch when you're into the violence of wrestling. And you, and you gotta remember, Kenny Omega is working hurt. Like, I'm like, okay, dude, you're putting yourself through this. He's gonna fight on, remember, 
Not only is he working hard, he has to carry three different promotions, AEW, AAA, and now Impact, and Impact these days. And now so he's trying to see if he can go after NWA New Japan. And you're just like, dude, you, you gotta learn to slow down. Eventually you have to drop those belts and take some time off. Because man, that, that's gonna be insane when he drops them and he has to disappear and recover. He's starting to feel like the end is coming for him and he's gonna go out swinging in the most insane way possible. And something happens. I say, so Don Callis, the good brothers come and all celebrate with Kenny Omega. They go for the two sweet and then the lights go out. And you're like, oh, we got one more big surprise. Who could it be? And then we get Bullet Club. Four, 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 life. And you're wondering, oh, who could this be? It, it could be anyone from Bullet Club. Is it Tama Tonga, Tonga Loa, Ta confronting, confronting them? Because Tonga and Tama have been very vocal about, especially Tama, regarding their stance with Bullet Club USA. USA. Nope. You stood and not Okada or Naito when you were hoping for that since they teed that a little bit. No, 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 no. What happened is that you heard a switchblade. A switchblade. Jay Whitehall, the never open weight champion, comes out and the fans are freaking out. No one saw this coming. No one saw Jay Whitehall coming out. He comes out, he sees the belts Omega left on top of the ring, or was it the weapons used because there were some, and kicks them out of the way, and goes to the ring, smarks, looking at Kenny, and the good brothers go, and the good brothers, Don Callis and Kenny go like, and then the feed cuts out when people are, when there's a fight breaking out of the ring and you don't know what happens. Now, reportedly, there were two conflicting reports about this. There were reports that Impact went off too early, which is hard to believe because they have Impact Plus and they have Fight TV, so unless this is cable reasoning, okay, fine. But no, it was then the report that contradicts that came out saying that no, this went exactly as planned. Kenny Omega, and they were gonna do this big cliffhanger for people to tune in. And it's like, but, yep. You go, you got me there. A cliffhanger on a great show to top it off. Yeah, I agree. Let, let's do this. Jay Whitehall is now Impact Extreme Elite, essentially. He's he's stalking. Now you all kept thinking that this was all gonna culminate in AEW, but now Impact's gonna have the crossover event with uh with with uh Kenny Omega and the Bullet Club stuff and debacles. This Bullet Club really is call, calling out their name to take over the world. While the Elite's going out and changing the world, well, the Bullet Club is out to take on the world. Finally following through with that with that statement long, long time. After it all started with the rock and roller, Prince Devitt. So they're fulfilling the great the grand plan of Prince Devitt. So it's like the Sith rule of two. <laughs> kind of funny when you think about it, but uh, yeah. 
Now you got now now think about this. AEW has the impact belt. Jay Whiteco from New Japan just showed up in an impact ring on Impact TV, coercing probably either allying or fighting the impact the impact world champion who's also the AEW world champion who's also the AAA world champion and the good brothers who are also impact world champ tag champs with a former executive vice president like like you're, you're like john moxley and wanting to say god damn it i love this shit and that's not actually how it all this is how the show ends but there was something that popped up in the middle of the show i didn't mention this Impact promote Bound for Glory, the standard big mania event for them, for their shows, and they're starting to tease something. They show Las Vegas, looking like it's going to take place in Las Vegas, okay, fine. But then, we get the logos, and I don't mean Bound for Glory and Impact, we get, we got AEW, we got AAA, we got we got oh god we got new japan we got all this all showing up in las vegas so we're gonna get the a big crossover moment with aew triple a new japan pro wrestling and impact wrestling all taking place at bound for glory think about that bound for glory an impact wrestling event for the company that everyone says is always gonna die because they somehow survived every year are going to have a crossover event probably in in las vegas for bound for glory do it oh man I, oh man i wonder how this saga is gonna all end is it gonna end up out for glory is this gonna culminate in a massive stadium event where they're gonna try and fill a hundred thousand people call it all or nothing where where they have an official ultimate sequel to all in and with all the companies they're working with together to come at this big promotion cross promotion event and have cars that stack on top of each other that tie into all their storylines going on on at the same time if so that, that I, I will freaking go there i will take planes i will freaking buy money i will freaking i will freaking buy it please do it please please for god's sakes do it <laughs> oh man this was so fun and I'm not done yet. I'll be talking about Fighter Fest Night One as a whole, and I also plan to talk about Money in the Bank a little bit. And I also plan to talk about some of the AEW's Fighter Fest Night Two, Fight for the Fallen two weeks, and then get back to that on you on that. But this was the Tales of the Wrestling Tapes, Pro Wrestling Shared Universe concept, restored, reborn event, the Forbidden Door Saga. Feel free to check out my other content. The music's pretty awesome, I feel. And, oh man, I, I plan to get an intro video and outro for it later, but we're, we'll see where that goes. But that's about it, everyone. Take care, have a nice day. Oh God, this is such an exciting time to be a wrestling fan, it just is. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels, such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa.